Welcome back to Process. I'm your host, Justin, with Effective Remote Work. The book Range by David Epstein is ranked at almost the absolute top of my list of favorite books. It's a book that discusses why generalists matter. If you're not familiar with the concepts, a generalist is someone who is more broadly focused. They don't necessarily have a deep specialization in one particular field. They may have deeper knowledge in different areas, but they're not focused on one thing in their life. Whereas a specialist tends to be a person who has devoted their life to learning one particular subset of skills or ideas. A specialist, for example, would be someone like Tiger Woods. He has spent his life from the time he was very small to being an adult focusing on the game of golf and becoming a master at it. Whereas a generalist would be someone like Steve Jobs. He didn't just build computers, but he also had his hands in lots of different areas of life. He did calligraphy in college, which led to the Mac being very focused on typography and things like that. Steve Jobs was very well known for his broad understanding of ideas. So in this episode, I wanted to take a little bit of time to break down why generalists matter and specifically in regards to productivity. But first, we've had many amazing discussions going on over in our community at community.effectiveremotework.com. If you are interested in connecting with like-minded individuals who are interested in productivity, remote work, and note-taking, be sure to sign up. Again, that's community.effectiveremotework.com, and it's completely free. So the book range by David Epstein, I'll put a link in the show notes to that if you haven't read it. I highly recommend it. It's really a deep book, and it made me think a lot about the ways that one, I am a generalist, and two, how having a value for being a generalist is actually a benefit in today's modern society and in modern work. There are three main areas of interest that I pulled out of this book that I think are of benefit to you. And so let's take a look at each one of them. Those three areas are problem solving, learning, and creativity. First with problem solving, modern problems are complex. To be honest, most of the low hanging fruit is gone for problems in areas of specialty. And now we're left with tough, complex problems that don't just focus in one little snippet of society, but they affect broad bases of society. I mean, these are things like climate change, economic inequality and wealth inequality and things of that sort. Going specifically deep in a particular area in one of these problems is a really great thing, but that's not necessarily going to solve the issue. Specialization alone often leads to siloed bits of knowledge. And when there are no generalists around and everybody's focused on being a specialist, it's much more difficult to solve problems together. For example, if you've ever worked with a fairly large, mature company, you probably understand the issue of siloed knowledge. Small companies tend to be filled with generalists, but as you grow larger and larger, things tend to specialize out. You have one person who specializes in, say, in the web development world, in back-end development, but not backend development in general, you specialize in one particular area in backend development. You might have knowledge in other areas there, but you are the specialist and essentially the, the owner or the master of that in the company. When this happens broad base inside of a company, this can cause problems because you end up having to bring in multiple resources from different areas of the company just to do one thing. So you have to bring in the database guy from the backend side, and you have to bring in the, the code guy from the backend side, and you have to bring in the designer from the front end side, and you have to bring in the front end developer, and you have to bring in the UI designer, and you have to bring in all these different tiny little 
specializations or, or functions in your company into one group. And this is oftentimes why in big companies that there are endless meetings throughout the day. You have to have 80 people on a call just to get any work done. While specialization is highly valuable, I don't know how to dive deep into a database. <laughs> I definitely don't. I know how to interact with one a little bit, but I would like to have a specialist around if I need someone to do some heavy optimization work in a database or something like that. But this is just one like localized example of a complex problem that happens. I mean, it's good to have generalists. It's good to have specialists too, but you need to have balance between the two of them to solve problems. So a generalist often can see the bigger picture of an issue and see the different components of it. And while they understand the components of it, then they need to be able to connect with specialists in those areas to try to solve the problems in those specific areas. I think this is probably what Bill Gates excels at. He spends so much time trying to understand a broad picture area, such as pandemics or issues that are facing our world. And then he works with the experts to try to figure out what the next solution is for that. That's why he's focused so heavily on vaccinating different parts of the world, because he had seen that the next big catastrophe in the world would be a pandemic. And well, he proved to be pretty true about that. The next area I wanted to talk about is learning. Learning is one of the things that I have struggled the most with as an adult, not because I have a hard time learning with things, but because I've had to undo ways that I was taught in school how to learn and take a different mode of thinking toward learning. You don't just get worksheets as an adult and say, here, learn these complex problems. You have to be responsible to dig into problems yourself or ideas and learn how to learn those ideas. But in school, we're often taught expedience by default. So think of learning in a classroom. If a teacher is asking a hard problem such as, why did this geometry formula work? Kids are gonna sit there and be like, what? I have no idea. And if he's not getting any answers, the teacher's not getting any answers, then he's gonna start giving hints. But then as talked about in the book, what happens is students start probing questions and seeking rules to procedurally solve the problem. We as humans are wired to put the least amount of effort into solving a problem as possible. And therefore, when prompted to find a procedure, we look for sensible, repeatable, formulaic results. But the truth is that we learn better when we embrace the discomfort of not knowing something. People learn best by doing and sitting with a problem and not simply through programmatic worksheets. An example of this is kids learning to read. You don't sit them down and say, okay, let's work through these worksheets to learn to read, figure it out. Reading is actually a natural progression from talking if a kid is regularly exposed to books. I have watched this happen with my oldest kid, myself. He's had great language ever since he's been a little kid, but he has gotten interested in learning to read himself. It hasn't been prompted by us, but he's been interested in it. Ultimately, freely learning what grabs you, what you're interested in is essential to growth in adult life. I know I got really conditioned to just learning what was fed to me and I had to undo that process. And that's part of what this book range talks about in the concept of learning is that it's okay to embrace ideas. It's okay to embrace things outside of your area of specialty. It's okay to embrace things outside of this formulaic world and learn broadly. And the more context in which something can be learned, the more that information can be applied broadly. So if you are learning 
a topic in, say, development, but then you're seeing that logic or those ideas play out in another realm of your life, that information clicks in in a whole nother way. This is why I've really come to value systems like the Zettelkasten or using tools like Obsidian. It's because they help me learn better. I can take ideas from books or videos that I'm watching and write them down in my own words and then try to connect those ideas to other ideas that I've already learned. I'm really learning through using these tools and systems to embrace learning from different areas of study that I'm interested in and just really honestly chasing, chasing my interests. The last area I wanted to talk about today is creativity. Generalists tend to have broad interests outside any area of expertise that they have. And Epstein states in the book that creative contributions are linked to interests outside of your field. Generalists have a tendency to avoid the same old patterns. They can apply creativity to ideas or patterns from other areas of their interests, often to come up with creative breakthroughs. But Conversely, if uh, somebody doesn't have outside interests from their maybe one particular area of specialty, more often than not, they don't contribute anything breakthrough or anything creative to their field. They're just really good at executing what already exists. Specialization is often formulaic in nature, but our world does not yield formulaic repeatable results in every single area. Chess, for example, is an area that does yield formulaic results. When X happens, Y happens. It's just the nature of the game. But as Epstein talks about in this book, those skills have not been proven to translate outside of that isolated, friendly world. If you're a chess master, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to solve world hunger because those skills are not interoperable. They don't translate into the real world because the real world, as he puts it, is a very hostile place versus the friendly world of, say, a chess match. It's all about the logic and results. So tying all these together, problem solving, learning, and creativity, why does this matter to you as someone who is interested in productivity? Well, I talked about one thing already, and that's that freely learning what grabs you is essential for your growth in an your adult life. If you're able to sit down and say, you know what, I'm interested in the topic of music. Let me go consume some information on music. And you start writing those ideas down and you put it in an obsidian vault or something like that. That is one way to really dig into learning another subject area because maybe you are a manager in a company, but you love music. Being able to learn is an exceptional skill to have these days and to learn well. But additionally, that learning in different areas can lead to both problem solving and creativity in the work that you are doing because many modern problems are complex, not necessarily just at the societal level, but even within a company. Being able to take a look at problems or products and view them from a holistic approach, a holistic picture, instead of seeing it from your siloed area of expertise, can yield better ideas, better solutions to the very thing that you are handling. So I know this concept is very high level. It's not a do X, Y, and Z to get A type formula. But if you're someone who gravitates towards lots of different subject areas, don't feel like you're not being productive. In fact, having general interests like this can be a very beneficial thing to the work that you're doing and to every area of your life. Because if you embrace it, you can begin to see your life from a holistic picture and be able to apply these ideas from different areas to each other 
and say, oh, I learned this over here. Let me figure out how I can apply this in this context. And when you can do that, you can come up with great creative solutions to problems that maybe someone else wasn't able to think of. Now, of course, this is not a one size fits all solution, but if you have a bent toward being a generalist, I would encourage you, embrace it. Get this book range if you haven't read it yet. I highly recommend it and it will probably change your thinking toward how you view work and how you live your life. That wraps things up for this episode. Again, my name is Justin with Effective Remote Work. Be sure to join our community at community.effectiveremotework.com. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you in the next episode.